Hey, this is Erin. And Melissa. And we're Trending Northwest, a weekly podcast all about the latest in our region, introducing you to people you'll want to know if you don't already. We're on a personal mission to celebrate kindness, innovation, and diversity, which is at the heart of our culture in the Northwest. Join us as we shine light on topics that are trending for good and have conversations with some of the most fascinating people in our area. Learn more about guests on the podcast and read about trending topics at trendingnorthwest.com. Episodes are dropping weekly, so be sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts now. I'm so honored today to be talking with Luke Baumgarten, the founder and creative director of Range Media and the co-founder of Treatment and the Spokane Workers Cooperative. And we are so lucky to have the first B Corp marketing firm in Eastern Washington in Treatment, which is just one of three in Spokane. They're a highly respected and established firm that's worked with lots of top local businesses and organizations to produce polished modern campaigns with a massive impact. In addition to that, his work with the Spokane Workers Cooperative is foundational, and Range Media has gotten more and more notice from both locals and national organizations paying attention to local media. Welcome to the podcast, Luke. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. We are grateful to have you here today. And you've had quite a storied career. What inspired you to go from journalist to organizer to marketing and then to independent media? Well, the marketing was just that I needed a job and that was the fastest way to make money. But um, <laughs> starting with, I mean, and I kind of stumbled into journalism too. So I think the my the story of my career is trying, I think, been trying to find my passion in the world and then finding a way to make it work. And so, you know, starting as a arts and culture journalist a long time ago now in the early aughts, um, it was sort of learning to love my hometown and then, you know, promote the, the cool things that were happening in it. Transitioning to an organizer when my friends and I co-founded terrain, uh, came from sort of wanting to actually act in the world and not just report about it. Um, from there, uh, it all sort of flowed downhill. So um, starting things just be, kind of became like second nature. And having left the Inlander in 2012, I felt like I left a piece of my heart in journalism and was trying to find a way to get back. Um, when the pandemic happened, it was sort of a kind of shit or get off the pot moment to be like, you know, things are, we don't know what the future is going to hold everything else is in my life is at a standstill. I can't even really leave my house. So if I don't start it now, I probably never will. I was on, uh, the doorstep of 40 years old at that point. And one of the things you realize when you, you know, survive your thirties, especially when you're sort of working as hard as I was working, both just at my job and in, in volunteering in various capacities, it's like you spend your twenties feeling, invincible and like you have unlimited energy <laughs> and then your thirties, I think, or at least my thirties were thinking I still had that much energy and slowly dawning on me that I don't. And so, um, <laughs> that, you know, the pandemic was a lot of things, most of them negative one, it, but it was also an opportunity to reconnect. And, and the good news is that the response to range was so incredible that like, um, we could not do it, you know, almost from the beginning. 
Well, and we had a similar moment during the pandemic where we started our podcast as well. It had that way of making you have to sit and think about what was truly important to you. And for us, it was sharing stories about people in our region who were doing incredible work. And that's one of the reasons that we wanted to invite you onto the podcast is um, we notice, you know, we see all of the work that you've done around the community. Uh, If I had to list out every single organization that you've contributed to with your time, (laughs) energy, and expertise, it would take me a very long time. Um, but we have been such an admirer of the way that you've brought people together around common causes that are very important. Um, what has the development of range done for you to be able to shine light on other organizations doing exceptional work and in some cases hold people accountable? I mean, it was originally just, uh, the, you know, we actually aren't doing much podcasting right now because we've pivoted so much into investigative journalism and accountability journalism. But it was a, a somewhat. I mean, I, I try to. I, I like to think, anyways, that the things that we do across the board are meant to be responsive to the needs of whatever community we're trying to address with our work. Um, in this case, it was like I just want to start a podcast for myself, and then within you know, less than a couple months of starting in April 20th, 2020, um, was the first episode. We were about to hit our third year anniversary, you know, the unrest around the murder of George Floyd happened and it became pretty obvious that a lot of the voices, um, that were crying out were not being heard in traditional media. And so the, the podcast pivoted and then a local friend convinced me to apply for like a journalism boot camp and other sort of like national, um, to sort of see if it could even work as a business. Um, we got accepted into all of these random things and it just sort of became one foot in front of the other um, until we were able to hire an audience editor, Val Osier, last year in January. Um, and then we got some more funding to hire an actual reporter last year in July, Carl Segerstrom. And from there, within a month of Carl joining us, we had all the heat waves, uh, the heat wave that like seriously endangered people during, uh, especially unhoused people, um, out of Camp Hope. And it was just, we didn't know how we wanted to report really, except that we wanted to try to start our reporting with whoever was most affected by whatever issue we're reporting on. And so obviously for the housing crisis, for, you know, just heat waves and cold waves it's it's unhoused folks and so carl went out to just to see what was going on and talk to people see what they need out of there and you know and like it's great to talk to leaders it's great to talk to organizational leaders you know you're i'm blessed to have been you know a a leader in some capacity a, a lot but you realize when you're a leader you find yourself saying things that are that fit the worldview that you have or that fit the missional needs of your organization or your priorities. That's true of politicians. It's true of nonprofit leaders. It's, it's true of all of us. And so going one step deeper and actually talking to the folks on the ground felt like the right thing to do because we hadn't heard those voices very much. And then two hours later, Carl gives me a call and he's like, I need to come out here every day until the heat breaks. Like, I just know we need to do this. And so we went from publishing like once a week, if that at this point (laughs) to publishing like nine days straight of dispatches from camp hope. And that was really the shot out of the cannon. I think that led us to this, you know, point where, um, 
that just, just bearing witness led to a lot of people reaching out and saying, you know, here's my story. Um, that includes just frontline workers, whether they're at the city or whether they're at, you know, just somewhere in the services spectrum, it led to people leaking us documents. It led to all this stuff where all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, two or three months later, it was like, Oh, I guess we're doing investigative journalism now. Uh, because we were getting access to things that, that nobody else had. So it's, it's been a pretty organic, uh, experience. Don't forget to put inspiration and entertainment on your calendar. Get season tickets now to STCU's Best of Broadway. You can have first access to popular touring productions with live music and top talent, special offers from nearby restaurants, and so much more. West Coast Entertainment is a locally operated independent presenter of national touring Broadway productions, concerts, and other special events. Don't miss a single show-stopping moment. Learn more about their upcoming season by checking out broadwayspokane.com. And there's been so little of that happening lately compared to in the past um, because of legal issues and publications not wanting to take that on. Um, how is that a space that you navigate as an independent um, news source? I think we really advocate, and I, I personally advocate for collaboration and not competition among media outlets. Like, um, there's this, a photo of that Jess Walter has of all the journalists um, or a, a bar full of journalists after the Ruby Ridge standoff in the nineties. there's like 50 people in this bar in North Idaho. And I was looking at it one day with him and I was like, what, um, what news outlets do all these people work for? And he's like, well, that person's at KXLY. I think that person was at, you know, creme everybody else is at the spokesman. And I think that what that, made me realize was I think there's fewer journalists in Spokane across all media today than there were, you know, 25 years ago, just in the spokesman's newsroom. And so we can't cover as much as we used to cover across the board. Um, and you know, there's natural competition among people. That's just uh, the way things work. But I think what we're really trying to do is, carve a space out to be less competitive and more cooperative. It really, we're a member driven organization. We're not competing for ad dollars with the spokesman or the inlander and, and certainly not for TV. Uh, so there's really no reason we can't. And really what we just want to do is expose our stories to as many people as possible. So we, we give our stories away for free, which isn't a common thing. And we just ask people to link back to our website so that people know like where it came from. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's something we navigate every day. We're also, we're not quite ready to announce this yet, but we just got a pretty amazing grant to launch a, a really big civic journalism program. Um, so that we'll be announcing more about that in the next couple months. So, well, we could not be more thrilled for you. That is definitely going to be some well-deserved dollars that you can use for more civic journalism that we desperately need in our community. I know that even the things that we cover, which are much lighter in nature, people have a really hard time accessing that type of information because when you search on Google, you find all kinds of stuff and your phone's algorithm will take you all kinds of different places as well. And it doesn't necessarily give you the information you need, um, but it will give you information. So we're really excited to see what happens with range uh, media going forward. What would you envision as your ideal circumstance in the next three years with range to see it grow? I think in three years, this, this program that I can't talk about yet will, will grow to the point where we can 
cover hopefully almost every important public meeting in Spokane and ideally North Idaho or at least Kootenai County. Um, I would love to have, and we're going to try to do that both in Spanish and English. Um, we don't have a massive Spanish speaking population here, but we believe that information access should be accessible, free and accessible to everyone. And so when you have language barriers, obviously that's an impediment to access. And if we want to create a city and a region that's more representative of all the people who live here, the folks who live here need, you know, as equal access as we can make to get, you know, to have that access to know what's being decided in what corridors of power and what meetings, um, and how they can sort of make their voice heard. I would also love to have three or four and even more than that. But I, I think like a, a reporting team of like four or five people would be incredible. Um, and I think we can get there. Um, the membership, we just sort of, we basically, we have enough members to basically pay one, one reporter's salary right now, which is amazing. And the growth has been great. So we're mostly grant funded, but I think I see a path towards sustainability. It's pretty exciting. So. And if you haven't subscribed to Range yet and become a sustainer of their programming, I would highly encourage you to do that. Now, with everything that you've been accomplishing with Range, that isn't your only responsibility at this point. Yeah. I don't know when you sleep, dude, but I will say that <laughs> I am in the same boat with the things that I'm working on. Uh, with the Spokane Workers Cooperative, how can you explain that to the everyday citizen and why that's such important work to you right now? Well, it's a, it's... Effectively, it's a a business that's wholly owned and equally owned by all of its workers. And it's a holding company, which means that it's a company that owns other companies. And we created it that way so that the idea is, it was an idea actually of my partner, Joel Williamson, who started the Grain Shed and started Link Foods. He's one of the co-founders of both of those. And he had this real passion for worker ownership. I, it was actually on my mind when we were conceiving of range. Cause I was like, you know, if, if I do this again, you know, as a, as a journalist at a, at a publication uh, earlier in my life, like I spent, I gave everything to that publication. And I feel like journalists in general tend to do that. They, they work more than, you know, any other certainly white collar profession. I don't even really, I feel like journalism is actually a working class profession, um, especially now. And they almost never own the, the fruits of their labor. And so before I even considered, you know, being able to hire somebody, it was like, well, if we ever get there, it needs to be a worker co-op. About a week later, uh, Joel called me and said, I have this idea for my next project. And it was the idea that became Spokane Workers Cooperative, which is rather than doing or either creating one-off worker-owned cooperatives or converting you know, traditional businesses after a sale, which is a pretty common thing. You, you can buy a, a traditional business and turn it into a worker-owned cooperative. The idea was to basically create a framework where you can buy companies and convert them more easily into a worker-owned cooperative. So we spent... Range was actually the first company in Spokane Workers Cooperative, and it was we jumped in a month before we hired Val because we wanted to make sure that, like, from day one, you know, whoever's working at Range, whoever's working inside the co-op, has the ability to be to own the the fruits of their labor. Um, and so, last year, we bought a total of six businesses. 
which is a little probably too much. But, um, <laughs> so we own now actually Great Harvest Bakery. Wow. Um, the franchise owner wanted to sell. They don't live in Spokane anymore, and so we're in the pro- you know, like that entire team um, is a work. It's a worker owned bakery now. Golden Handle Brewery. Um, Ron Morris Heating and Air. If you need your furnace repaired or if you need a new one. Um, then obviously range, spokecast, and, and treatment is part of the co-op as well. That is phenomenal. I had no idea that all of that was going on yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. Went to Golden Handle, had an amazing experience, <laughs> and of course they had great harvest bread for their sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So this is all starting to make a lot of sense to me now, and it's really cool to see the workers be able to take part in something yeah. that they have a stake in. That's really at the end of the day, the work that I see you do, um, is so focused on giving people dignity and autonomy and the yeah. ability to provide for their families. And that's a really cool thing. Yeah. So, thank you. Yeah. And, and really that's, you know, I, I see it as the only way, the only way forward, especially given how expensive living has gotten in Spokane, we know salaries nationwide are not keeping up. And so we've sort of set some principles for ourselves. One of which is that our, our minimum wage as a co-op is a living wage, and we peg that to MIT has a living wage calculator for Spokane County. So we do everything we can, and you know we're working to get every business up to that. But that's the idea is that we will, um, once we sort of figure out some profitability stuff, every every person in the co-op will um, make a living wage the moment they um, the moment they come on as a worker. Have you ever spent hours researching online to find the coolest hotspots, learn about fascinating local people, and plan your next staycation, only to be more confused? We have a magazine for that. We do the hard work for you and research trending topics every day, and then spill the tea on our favorites on social, in the digital magazine, for the busy modern professional to access easily on the go. Support women-owned inclusive media and become a subscriber for just $29 a year at trendingnorthwest.com backslash subscribe. That's something that's really important in our organization as well. When we work with team members, we want to make sure that they're able to do the things that they love to do after all of the hard work that we've put into every publication. And it's just quarterly. I can't even imagine, you know, the spokesman doing their daily work. That's like a grind at a level that I can only aspire to. It's such a huge machine, Uh, but making life more livable and enjoyable for people on the everyday level. That's, that's important work. So with the projects that you have coming up, is there anything else that you would like to focus on um, to share with people they might not be aware of? Man, not that really that I can think of. We've got some cool stuff in the pipeline for range. Again, we'll be announcing some of that stuff later. We're working on a storytelling project about East Central neighborhood with terrain and treatment and some other folks. It's a big group project. Um, yeah, other than that, we're just going to keep doing the work we're doing. Um, part of the point and part of the reason for doing the Spoken Workers Cooperative now is that we've got a bunch of you know people who are my parents' age, baby boomers who maybe have businesses and are looking to retire and don't know how to do that. So I guess maybe if you've if you've got something and the idea of selling your business to your workers is an idea that appeals to you as an you know an owner who wants to retire. The, the, we buy the businesses for market rate. It's not like we ask for a discount or anything. It's not a philanthropy. It's a for profit, it's a for profit business. So, um, yeah, reach out to us and we'll, we'd love to talk. Um, and I th- and the goal I think is to, you know, the reason for doing this, uh, is to do it to the extent possible. And we need to 
So our first year taught us that we need a lot more organizational infrastructure than we thought we might um, at Spokane Workers Co-op. And so we're working on that, but the idea is that we'll be able to buy three or four businesses a year um, in perpetuity and, and scale alongside that so that we can, you know, within, by the time I retire, I would love to be one of the larger employees, employers in, in Spokane um, to sort of help lift as many people, you know, into career wage jobs and ownership and equity as possible. So really chill, really casual goals. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. no big deal. <laughs> no, well, that is one of the reasons why this year we chose to honor you as one of the most influential people in the Inland Northwest. We are so grateful for... The, that. You're very welcome. Um, the vision that you've had for this community and, you know, a lot of people with talent and, you know, a strong education behind them have chosen to leave our city and our region and take that talent with them. So we always look forward to seeing any project that you're involved with, whether it's terrain and bazaar that's coming up this summer or treatment and all the incredible, um, campaigns that you've been designing, like with Hooptown USA and, so much that's coming um, through the summer. Uh, we are just really grateful for the work that you've put in and we see it and we appreciate you. Two quick plugs before I go. Yes, okay. please. So Golden Handle recently started a partnership with Feast World Kitchen mm. where some of their chefs will come over and do pop-ups on Fridays and Saturdays. Is this, if this comes out in April, it's going to be um, Chef V from and Philip from Calmet Viet. It's, it's Saigon-style Vietnamese food, Fridays and Saturdays. Um, from four until they sell out. Um, and then the other thing I think is that we, the, our goal to be as sort of um, user focused and, you know, community focused as possible with range is to get as much of our money as possible from memberships. And so like you, you already plugged us and I appreciate that. But the idea is that we never want to paywall our content because again, we believe that information should be free, but we still need to, you know, pay ourselves. So if you have the means, we never want information access to be hampered by your inability to pay. But if you have, but if you have the capacity to pay, uh, it starts at 10 bucks a month or a hundred bucks a year at rangemedia.co slash subscribe. Uh, and there are higher tiers than that too. If you really, really love us, it's basically an NPR model. So the content's always free and if you appreciate it and, you know, just support us and so we can keep doing it. Yeah, so make sure you're subscribing to Range. We want to encourage um, everyone to take an opportunity to think about if you have a little extra money hanging around, support local media. It is so important in our community and beyond uh, to create that connectedness and information access that you need to have. There are so many meetings happening behind closed doors in the city where not everyone's at the table, and we really would love to have you be informed so that you can keep um, your eyes on the things that are important in this community. Thank you again for coming on Trending Northwest and chatting with us. Um, how can people follow you on social media? Um, at Luke Baumgarten on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, I believe. Yeah, I think it's all the same. Um, range is, I think it's mostly range media for the number all. So range media for all, but the number four, not the four. And that's certainly on Instagram and Twitter. You can also just search us on Facebook and I'm sure you'll find it. Fantastic. Make sure to give him a follow and support range. Thank you. Do you want to laugh with us even longer? Subscribe to the podcast now and get access to after hour episodes where we go off script, leave in plenty of bloopers and tell you hilarious stories that you won't hear anywhere else. 
Support women-owned inclusive media and become a podcast pal for just $4.99 a month by visiting our website, trendingnorthwest.com slash podpal, P-O-D-P-A-L.